Hey moms, welcome to this week's episode of the Dorenda Wilson podcast. I'm Dorenda Wilson, wife to one, mom to eight, nana to nine, and 26-year veteran homeschooling mom. I am really grateful that you have chosen to spend time with me today. I never take that for granted, you know. Um, I know you're busy. I know you've got things going on. And the fact that you take time to allow me to... um, speak into your life and hopefully bring encouragement is an honor for me. So thank you for that. I also wanted to remind you that if you haven't checked out my books, um, I would really love it if you would do that. The Unhurried Homeschooler, a simple, mercifully short book on homeschooling can be found on Amazon or at my website, DorendaWilson.com, or The 4-Hour School Day, How You and Your Kids Can Thrive in the Homeschool Life. And again, you can find that on Amazon, DorendaWilson.com, and actually at any of your favorite booksellers. I also wanted to let you all know that I am only speaking at one conference this year. I took a bit of a sabbatical and... uh, just chose one, and that one conference is the Homeschool Iowa Conference in Des Moines. So I will be there in June. So if you live in that area and um, you are wanting to go to a conference and be encouraged, um, I encourage you to come to this one because I am uh, I love being able to meet moms in real life. So um, I'm the keynote speaker there, and I am just excited to be able to bring encouragement to homeschooling families in Iowa. And lastly, before I dive into our topic, which is when your child doesn't want to homeschool. Oh boy, before I dive into that, let me just remind you that, you know, if you've decided to homeschool and to listen to this podcast, I am also guessing that you have a desire to slow down and enjoy the journey. And my friends at Homeschooling Today magazine share our hearts for homeschooling. The print magazine is absolutely beautiful. Uh, When it comes in the mail, you'll want to get away and savor it. You will find great ideas for teaching that will inspire you, but you'll also feel emboldened to homeschool in a way that helps your kids discover who God created them to be. And isn't that really why we're doing what we're doing? Um, But this is also one of the reasons that I love writing for homeschooling today. I know they're passionate about homeschooling and have a deep desire to help you homeschool boldly to remind you that we are in this together and to help you see the past Uh, to see past the present trials into the reality of your true calling, which is equipping your children to be the remarkable people that God created. You know, last week I talked with Angie over at Apprentice University, and we talked a lot about uh, just thinking outside the box. And really that is what is required of us as homeschooling parents, especially as we're uh, launching kids into a job market that is completely unpredictable and they need to be able to flex and change with that. And so we talked a lot about that in both episodes of the two-part series that we did last week um, where she just answered a ton of questions about Apprentice University, but we also had a really good conversation about what it really looks like to prepare our kids for life and for the you know the job market and all of that. So I encourage you to listen to those two episodes. At the week before, I was talking with my friend Marianne 
on uh, homeschooling kids with dyslexia. And so she's got eight kids and out of eight kids, seven of them are dyslexic and she's graduated five so far. So she's a veteran homeschooling mom and she just has wonderful, wonderful encouragement and resources for those of you who are homeschooling uh, children with dyslexia or uh, maybe potentially, maybe you think you might be go and listen to these podcasts because I think you'll just be so encouraged. And it's just really what I love about having um, people on my podcast is it's usually almost always it's it's another homeschooling mom who happens to be offering a resource that I think you'll find valuable. And so it really ends up being just kind of a warm conversation between two moms. And it's like uh, the other mom and myself and all of you are all sitting in the same room together, just talking and having this conversation. So I would just encourage you to go back and listen to those episodes. All right. So let's dive into this topic about when your child doesn't want to homeschool. So there's two different scenarios that can happen here. Maybe you've been homeschooling and your child says they don't want to homeschool anymore or you're considering homeschooling and your child says they don't want to homeschool. So I'm going to address both of those situations, but um, I want to start with the one where you've been homeschooling and your child says that they don't want to homeschool anymore. So the first question that I would ask is, are you sure that homeschooling is really the problem in that situation? Um, is the child mad at you for something? Have they maybe just been having a bad attitude across the board and somehow kids are like this, they're pretty intuitive. Maybe this child just chose homeschooling as the focus of their problems because they knew it would get a rise out of you or it would maybe deflect um, the character training that needs to be happening in their own hearts. You know, sometimes we're, when we're addressing our kids, they, they like to deflect and they'll pick something that they know is near and dear to our heart. And, um, you know, it's just, we're, we're all born with a sinful nature and children are no different. And so we have to address that as parents. So maybe you've been trying, you've been addressing that with them and they're just, you know, they're choosing this homeschooling thing as just sort of a deflection. So there's there's a lot that can be going on in those situations. You know, maybe the child just had a bad day or maybe a bad week or a bad month, who knows? But it's our job as parents to sort of get to the bottom of it. But I would challenge you not to immediately take it so seriously and begin to panic because what happens is then we end up acting out of fear. And you know, we all respond differently in in situations where we feel afraid, but we never should be making decisions or responding from a place of fear. We need to be responding from a place of faith, you know, and sometimes maybe you're dealing with the fact that you are kind of feeling guilty for homeschooling for one reason or another, you know, we all go through that where we think maybe this particular child needs something more than me. Um, maybe I'm not giving them enough. Maybe I'm not, you know, doing things the right way. And that's why they don't want to homeschool. So um, again, if we're already feeling some doubt or some guilt, those kinds of um, statements from our kids saying that they don't want to homeschool can really kind of throw us off. And so I think it's really important for you to remember um, that you don't have to feel guilty for homeschooling. 
Um, there may be ways that you've communicated by words or actions that you're not confident in your decision. And so this scenario may just be bringing that out. And God is so good that way. He allows these things to be brought to the surface so that we can address them and not keep allowing them to sort of like be this undercurrent in our family life and in our homeschooling and in our relationships with our kids. He is good to bring that to the surface. And so um, if, if that's how you're feeling, maybe you're feeling you've been feeling guilty or just they made the statement and you feel guilty or it brought out some guilt that you didn't know was there or brought out guilt you did know was there. Um, there's some things that you need to remember, okay? You need to remember that you do not need to feel guilty for homeschooling your child if that's part of what's happening. This decision to homeschool is an adult and parent decision. It is not one that a child can or should make. I'm going to say that again. This decision to homeschool is the adult slash parent decision. It is, that is the kind of decision it is. You know, there are lots of decisions out there, but they're not all um, up for grabs for uh, that just anyone can make. My mother-in-law does not get to decide if I'm going to homeschool my children. My, um, my neighbor doesn't get to decide that. My best friend doesn't get to decide that. That's my decision, my and my husband's decision. We make that decision together. It, and, and likewise, it is not our children's decision to make. Um, so remember that. This is not their decision. You are the biblical authority in your child's life. This is God's appointment. God has given this role to you. He has given you this child to protect, to disciple, and to train. That is your job, okay? And so all the decisions that are related to that are your decisions to make, not the children's. You are the biblical authority in your child's life. Like I said, this is God's appointment. So you and you alone will stand before God for all the decisions made when it comes to your children. God does not give authority without giving responsibility and vice versa. Your children don't have the responsibility, nor do they have the authority to make this decision. It's like a lot of other decisions that aren't their decisions to make. For instance, um, would you choose to let your child um, play in the street because they wanted to? No, you see that as a dangerous situation. You know it is not a good situation or a safe situation or, um, you know, a situation that your child should be in. There's danger there. And so you're going to protect your child and not allow them to play in the street, whether they agree with the decision or not. Um, likewise, you wouldn't let them spend time with rebellious potty mouth kids, right? You would not do that. But they might say, oh, but I really like so-and-so. You would say, I'm sorry, that's not a decision that you get to make and um, this is what's best for you. So no, I'm gonna take you out of that situation and I'm not gonna allow you to be in that situation. So as God calls us to homeschool, you know, we are walking in obedience to the Lord. You know, I know some of you feel, have felt forced into it, um, but honestly, um, as a believer, I know that God is sovereign over that and he may have forced, you know, it may have felt like it was forced, but it was still um, God's sovereign 
hand over your life, knowing um, that this was what was best for you and for your children. And you may still be adjusting to that. You may still be like not sure of yourself. And maybe you're feeling like, um, you know, if your child says, you know, I hate this, I want to go back to school, you know, kind of thing. Um, There's a conversation we can have, and I'm going to talk about that in a minute. But the point about what I'm saying here is that parents cannot abdicate these kinds of decisions to the children. Our culture is constantly sending messages to all of us that parents are irrelevant, unnecessary, not educated enough to make these decisions. It is a constant floodgate of that message, both boldly and passively. You watch sitcoms and the parents are always the stupid ones. There, There is a, an in, insidious attack happening on the families and it has for a long, long time. And this is straight from the enemy. And so we as believers need to recognize it for what it is and we need to counter against it, okay? Because here is the bottom line. Education is never neutral. And our children are being educated through the things that they watch, the people that they listen to or we allow them to listen to, the people they hang out with. Um, There's a word called catechize. You know, it's like catechism, right? So if, if you've ever experienced catechism, it's where you go to church and you go through um, very solid biblical, hopefully biblical doctrines, um, and your your children go to catechism to learn those doctrines. And we can do this at home, obviously. That's where that's where ours happened because we lived it out day to day, in and out, uh, in and out through. What am I saying? Throughout each day day in and day out, you know, um, those principles were talked about and, um, and all of that, but all of those, um, all of those ways are ways that our children and we are catechized. The world wants to force its own catechism on us. And so we've got to counter that with the word of God and by believing what we know is true. We need to be in the word. We need to know what the Bible says and we need to stand on it. And I believe without a doubt that education is never neutral. Joseph Stalin was the communist dictator of the Union of Soviet Social Republics, so the USSR, from 1929 to 1953. He murdered tens of millions of people as he forced this underdeveloped Soviet Union to become an atomic superpower. Okay, so this guy was the communist of all communists, the dictator of all dictators. I mean, he was right up there with Adolf Hitler. And he had this to say about education. Education is a weapon whose effect depends on who holds it in his hands and at whom it is aimed. Okay, I'm going to read that again. Education is a weapon whose effect depends on who holds it in his hands and at whom it is aimed. Make no mistake, parents. Education is never neutral. The enemy wants to neutralize you. He wants you to uh, be discouraged, to feel guilty for homeschooling your children. You've got to kick that to the curb. You have got to kick that to the curb. If there are things that need to be figured out, maybe you've got a child who needs some special help or whatever, 
you can figure this out. I am telling you, you can do this. This is why I am, I have this podcast. This is why I get on here twice a week, every week, because I want to speak life into you. There are plenty of other places that are trying to suck the life out of you and convince you that this is not that you're not qualified for this, but it is a bunch of baloney. And I'm telling you this right now, we are facilitators of our kids' education. That means that if there's something that I can't teach my child, I'm gonna figure out, and I feel like it's something they need to know, I will figure out how to find that resource. And I will start with prayer. I will say, God, if this child needs to know this, you know that I can't teach it to them. Will you please provide? God has provided mentors and teachers, and I can't even tell you how many people along the way, as I simply laid the problem before him and said, God, these are your kids, and so show me what to do with them. And he would. Now, sometimes I had to wait. Sometimes it meant it didn't happen right away, and I needed to not fret about it. I needed to take it to the foot of the cross, um, to the throne room of God, and leave it with him and say, God, I'm going to leave this with you, and for today, I'm going to do what you put in front of me to do, and I'm going to trust you to provide what my kids really need. And so, you know, that's that's where it's at, moms. We're the facilitators of our kids' education. We do not have to know everything about everything, um, you know, but understand that our kids may inadvertently be getting the message from the world as well or from somewhere that we're somehow not qualified, especially if your child has actually been in school. So understand that our thinking has got to not be conformed to this world. Uh, Romans 12, 2 says, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. So our minds have got to be conformed, not to this world, but be transformed And another translation says, by the renewing of our mind. And that happens by being in the word. We need to be in the word. It doesn't have to be for long periods of time, but we need to be in there every day. And understand that our role in our kids' lives matters. It matters tremendously. Why do you think it's being attacked so vehemently? because it is a powerful role. It is a crucial role. It is a God-given role. So let's talk about the practical piece of this when you've got, uh, maybe you've got younger children. So let's talk about the younger children first um, who are saying they don't want to homeschool. Again, that may not actually be the problem. So do a little digging, a little prayer over what's happening and um, just sort of ask questions, you know. Sometimes I, I would just say to my child, if they asked, said that to me, I would say, well, why, why don't you want to be homeschooled? And what is it about it that uh, you don't like? Is there anything you do like? Do you think we could make some changes? What, what kind of changes would you like to see? Now you're drawing them into the conversation and they are owning it. They're going to own it when they're part of the conversation. This is especially important as they get older, but even when they're younger, you can bring them in briefly um, and just have that conversation with them. And, you know, sometimes um, another option is just to simply explain to them that you're making this decision because you love them and because God loves them. And you both, you and God, 
want what's best for them. You can pray with them and ask God to help lead you as you homeschool and then pray for their little hearts in your own quiet time, especially if you really do believe and it's become clear that they really don't like the homeschooling. Because, you know, sometimes when they say that, that's just a red flag to us. It's God being gracious and saying either our child's got an attitude problem and that we need to deal with, or maybe it's that there's something in our homeschooling that needs to be tweaked or adjusted. Now, I'm not suggesting that you change things every time your child demands it, every time they complain about homeschooling. That's not what I'm saying. Because you, again, are responsible for those decisions. But it's okay to talk with them about it, to have that conversation Ask them what they like and what they don't like. Um, like I said, because sometimes there's just something in the homeschooling plan that just really isn't working for them. Sometimes it's just not working for them that day. You know, kids are fickle and they are children and they're immature. So we need to bear that in mind and understand that we need to make the decision that is best for them. Um, so we make, make them part of the conversation while still maintaining our authority as a parent. Um now, maybe you're considering homeschooling and your child is get, giving you grief already. You can remind them that they haven't even tried homeschooling yet. So there's no way that, way that they can know whether they like it or not. Um, this situation obviously can be more of a process because kids a lot of times don't like change. They, they like the routine. I've said this before, children find security in routine. And when you're gonna pull them out of that routine and um, you're going to just ask them to do something totally different, they may just be really uncomfortable with that. That does not mean you're not supposed to do it. It means you might need to be careful to walk alongside of them. You want to parent gently, obviously, but you want to parent um, as, a, as a parent who ha has the authority that God has given you, who knows you have the authority that God has given you. And so it's, I think when we realize that we actually do have that authority and that it's, it's no one else's decision but ours, and we're going to stand before the Lord and He's going to give us wisdom to show us what to do, we can be a little more solid when talking with our kids, um, but we can also be a lot more loving because we know that they're not making the decision. Sometimes when we allow our kids too much leeway, um, it makes us feel very um, off. And that's because our children aren't supposed to be in charge. Um, so that's that. So that feeling is a good thing. But if your child is, um, like I said, giving you grief and they haven't even tried homeschooling yet, again, there's no way they can know if they like it or not. Um, and you, we have to be understanding, knowing that this might be more of a process, but we can keep having the, con it can be an ongoing conversation with them. We can, again, ask them, like, what do you like about school? What is it that you'll miss? And what is it that, you know, or maybe just say, what is it that you like about school? That, and what is it that you don't like? Because there's always something they don't like about school, right? And so then just remind them that we can make our days look any way that we want them to. Now, if they want to come home and they want to still just do the same little routine that they did at school, they want to keep doing math and language arts and they don't want to veer from that and that's going to give them security for a while, then do that. You know, there is nothing wrong with that. It's a process for you and for them. And so be patient with yourself, be patient with them. But I think when it comes to raising children, 
and when it, even when it comes to home education, I always say that it is so much like starting seeds in a greenhouse. Um, when we do that to prepare, you know, we do that to prepare to plant. We want to plant hardy plants into the garden. So we have a seed and we're putting it in a little pot in some really, really awesome soil in a very controlled environment. So this is what God has called us to. He has called us to protect our children. Those early years especially, we need to keep a simple routine. We need to... um, we need to know who they're spending time with. We need to keep them with us as much as possible because we are their best companions in those early years. And I know, again, the world will tell you the opposite of that, but it's simply not true. We were meant to walk along the path that God has given us and to bring our children alongside us. So we plant the little seed in that controlled environment and we give it a chance to grow strong roots. We're checking on it every day. We're nurturing these seedlings. That's what these little ones are, these little seedlings. And then they start to grow. They pop up out of the dirt and there's a little plant, but it's still very fragile, right? If we stuck that thing out in the garden now, there's a really good chance we could lose it right? We don't want that to happen. Same thing is true with learning. It's a little tiny seed that we want to grow roots. And then all of a sudden, maybe a lot of stuff is happening under the the um, surface of the dirt that we can't see. That's what all the play and the building forts in those early years and just reading to our kids and keeping things simple. I talk a lot about this in the four-hour school day and the unhurried homeschooler. So again, likening that seed to child raising, but also to education, you want those roots to grow strong. And then pretty soon you start to see, oh, there's a plant coming out. You start to notice that our kids are actually making progress when it comes to reading or math or whatever, but those roots have to grow first. We've got to flame the fire of that learning. So we get the seeds in the little pots, they start to grow. They get a little bit bigger and a little bit bigger and a little bit bigger. And then slowly, a little bit at a time, we set them outside to experience the elements. But we don't put them out there in a snowstorm, right? We go, oh no, you're going back inside because you will not make it out there, right? So we do that with our children as well. We want to keep them safe. We want to protect them. And slowly, and it automatically seems to happen, they end up exposed more and more and more as they get older. And then we can have those conversations about the things that are that they've seen or noticed along the way at a time when we believe they're ready for it. Age appropriate. You know, kids don't mature at the same rate. And so we as parents get to know our children, our little seedlings so well, our little plants so well that we know when a situation isn't going to be a good one for them. We get to make that decision, parents. We get to make that decision. So the point is that eventually you're going to put those plants out there for longer and longer and longer. And then eventually you're going to plant them in that garden. And that, to me, that is taking those kids and you're launching them into the world and they become hardy, strong plants that can withhold all the storms and still bear amazing fruit. That's what we want for our children, and that's what we want for their education as well. And the scripture 
says, Proverbs 22, 6 says, train up a child in the way he should go. Even when he is old, he will not depart from it. So we start at a very, very, very early age. And this whole idea of training up a child isn't looking at them and saying, okay, now do this, now do this, like a lecture type scenario. It is really about walking out in faithfulness what God has called you to. So walking out your life in faithfulness to the Lord and bringing your children alongside you. And I love Deuteronomy 6 that says this, These are the commands, decrees, and laws the Lord your God directed me to teach you to observe in the land that you're crossing the Jordan to possess, so that you, your children, and their children after them may fear the Lord your God as long as you live by keeping all his decrees and commands that I give you, and so that you may enjoy long life. Hear, Israel, and be careful to obey so that it may go well with you and that you may increase greatly in a land flowing with milk and honey, just as the Lord, the God of your ancestors, promised you. So hear what God's saying here. Following the commands and decrees and laws of the Lord that he's directed, um, that Moses was directed to teach them. So this is walking in faithfulness to the Lord. And as you do that, your children and their children after them may fear the Lord as long as you live by keeping all his decrees and commands. They do that because that is what they have seen, what they have walked alongside of you doing, watching and learning to do. That is training your children. And then it goes on in verse four, hear, O Israel, the Lord, our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. These commandments that I give you today are to be on your hearts. Impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up. Tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them to your foreheads. Write them on the door frames of your houses and your gates. I get such a clear picture here of living life with our kids day in and day out. And we are impressing uh, these commandments onto our children. We are doing that through the things we say, but also the way that we live our lives, the way we make decisions, the way we tell our kids we're sorry when we mess up and we point we point to the fact that we all need a savior. Um, we do and they do. We go back to the gospel, but we're talking about these principles day in and day out. This is what we're called to, parents. This is not what the culture is wanting us to do. That this is not what the enemy wants us to do because it's so powerful. When children grow up, never not uh, remembering a time when Jesus wasn't a part of their life, what a blessing. I was talking to my daughter the other day, you know, uh, my kids don't have that testimony of, you know, having done all these terrible things and lived this life of sin and then had this, you know, moment where they came to know the Lord and their life did a 180. Those are amazing, wonderful, beautiful testimonies. But honestly, I think it's even more beautiful or as for sure as beautiful when our children grow up knowing, not ever remembering, not having Christ as part of their life. You guys, that is a beautiful, beautiful thing. It is. It becomes so much a part of who they are that no one can take that away from them. No temptation can lead them astray because it is so much a part of the fiber of their being. And that starts 
way, way, way at the beginning. And we walk along, we bring them alongside of us, and we train them in faithfulness before the Lord. But that brings me to older children, because some of you are homeschooling older children and or considering homeschooling older, older children. And again, you want to have a conversation, especially with these older kids. It really needs to be more of a conversation. Um, this does not mean that you're abdicating your authority, and you need to keep that very clear in your mind. You may not have to say that out loud because it, it could, you don't want this to turn into a power struggle, right? That's, that's not what we're wanting. And that can happen quickly with teenagers, so we have to bear that in mind. But share with them some of the reasons that you decided to homeschool or are considering it. Um, and don't leave God out of that equation. Let them know that you are learning and growing as a parent and that when God calls us to something, we need to listen and to do it. So you're, you're trying to model to them obedience to the Lord, even if that's not something that's been a huge part of your past or specifically of the education piece of your life. Um, it is okay to tell your kids that things have changed and that God has changed your heart and that you really, really, really want what's best for them and believe that God is calling you to this. But always, it, it's always better if, um, again, we have that conversation with them and they feel part of the process because we don't want this to turn into a power struggle. Sometimes, you know, they will try to make it that and you just need to just I like to say hashtag not playing. I'm not, I'm not doing this. And maybe you're not saying that out loud, but you're just in your heart, keeping a very calm spirit, trusting the Lord, um, praying, you know, quietly in your heart for that child, for their heart to change if they're, if they're really giving you grief. Um, maybe ask them what they like or don't like about homeschooling. If you're already homeschooling, again, you want to ask those same questions like, what are you not liking? What do you like? What would you like to change? Are there experiences you'd like to have? Um, you know, same thing if they're going to school and you're, and you're going to pull them out. Like, what do you like about school? What do you not like about school? And talk about what your days can look like and sort of involve them in some of the planning and some of the, the choices. I have uh, some podcasts on homeschooling high school. Just uh, put high school in the search bar on the podcast page at the top of the list of episodes on the podcast page on my website. There's a search bar. So just put keywords in there and those podcasts will come up that will help you sort of navigate homeschooling high school. Um, maybe if they're attending school, you could ask them what they would like to do differently. Like I said, the things they don't like that they like to do differently and, and, and how do they think that would look? Um, because we all know there's things that they don't like. They're going to say, you know, that they love it and they want to be there and list all the things they do like, but you know, there are things that they don't like. And so maybe have them share some of those things. Um, another thing you can do with older kids is to give them a time frame. Um, to adjust to homeschooling. So if you're pulling your child out, you can say, look, we're going to do this. This is going to be a three-month or six-month experiment. So um, I agree to reevaluate in six months. If you will agree to work with me um, and be as cooperative as you can and and just, you know, uh, contribute to the conversation, pray with me about our homeschooling. And um, that way, 
it gives them, they don't feel like there's like this open-ended thing that's totally unfamiliar and they'd have no idea what it's going to look like. Give them some time to adjust to it and be having conversations along the way. Understand that you're both going to be making adjustments. You're both going to be adjusting uh, to it and just be gracious with yourself, be gracious with them. I remember our daughter, Jenna, she didn't she didn't say she wanted to go to high school, public high school, but she was saying that it stunk because she couldn't play um, sports. And which actually wasn't entirely true. We found out later that she could actually do that in high school. She might've been, yeah, she was in high school. But anyway, she just was, she was complaining. Essentially, that was the bottom line. That's what I was sensing. And what I was getting was that she was like thinking maybe public school would be a better place for her, that she would like it better there for, and she just threw out a few reasons why she thought, because I said, well, why do you think that? And she told me and I said, okay, well, you know, think about it, pray about it. And, and, you know, and I'm inside, I'm like, no way, (laughs) but I didn't say it because I didn't want to turn it to turn into a power struggle. And I wanted her and I wanted to hear her out, you know, like what's really going on? Is it really about school whatever? So I, so she just kind of took that time and then eventually she came back to me and decided that she'd rather homeschool. And I said, well, really, what, what, what made you make that decision? What, what brought you to that place? And she said that she made a list of pros and a list of cons and the cons far outweighed the pros. And she decided it wasn't a good, a good fit for her. And, uh, she she also knew in her heart, and I think she told me this later, that she would be tempted um, to give in to peer pressure, and she knew that about herself. And so she really chose um, she chose not to put herself in that situation, or to even try to request that she be put in that situation. But but think about what she did because she'd been homeschooled from the beginning, and there was um, critical thinking happening there. She'd been taught to think about to think things through. And so she went through that process on her own and was able to come to the same conclusion that I would have come to, but she did it on her own. And that was so good for her because now she owned it. And, um, and that makes all the difference in the world. So again, these are just some ideas. There are a lot of different things you can, you can say, a lot of different directions the conversation might take. Just pray for wisdom. Ask God to give you wisdom. And again, don't assume that when they say they don't want to homeschool, that it actually is about homeschooling. Because a lot of times I've found my kids will complain about something. I'll say, is that, is this, is that really what this is about? Is there something else bothering you? And all of a sudden, it's we realize it's really about something totally different. So don't forget about that as you're um, addressing this, if this issue is coming up for you and your family. Because at the end of the day, you are still the parent. We're not called to be our kids' friends. We're called to be their parents. And obviously, we want to have a good relationship with them, but we're not going to sacrifice obedience to the Lord on the altar of being friends with our children. Um, And you know what? This is actually what our kids want, whether they admit it or not. You know that old phrase, you're going to thank me someday. I probably wouldn't suggest saying it out loud. But I think in your heart, you can say it because um, that has happened with our children in, in many different situations and issues that have come up where we had to make the parent decision that they didn't like. And ultimately, they were glad that we made that decision. Our kids want us to be the parent. Even if they fight us on it, they want us to care enough to um, to to fulfill our God-given biblical role as parents. We have a role 
they have a role. While they're growing up, their job is to honor and to obey us. And obviously this isn't blind obedience. This isn't as kids get older, there's more conversations that need to happen about the whys and things like that. I totally get that. But at the end of the day, parents, we are the ones who stand before the Lord for every decision made while raising our children. And so don't forget that. And But also don't forget that He will equip you. He doesn't call us to something without equipping us to do it, but we've got to seek His heart. We need to be in His Word. We need to pray over each thing and lay it before Him, Get wait on Him, allow allow time for him to answer our prayers in the way that he sees fit. And I pray for eyes to see when that answer comes so that I don't miss it. You know, sometimes we get distracted or we sometimes even forget that we prayed the prayer. Um, But pray that God will help you to see when he is giving you wisdom and when he has answered your prayer. So um, let's go ahead and bow in a word of prayer. Lord, thank you for these parents. I thank you for... The fact that they're just here um, to be encouraged, thank you that they are um, homeschooling or considering homeschooling, Lord. I pray for just your courage for them. I pray for wisdom. I pray that you would pour out a blessing on them as they walk in obedience to you, Lord. You are so faithful to honor our obedience, Lord. Um, and it, it was never never meant to be an easy thing. Lord, you call us to obedience and sometimes it's hard, but you always, always equip us, Lord, and you always give us the peace that we need to do what you called us to do. So Lord, I pray for that for each and every parent. Thank you for their faithfulness, for their concern, for their children, for wanting to do what's best for them. And I pray again that you would fill them with your wisdom, that you would uh, pour out a blessing on them and uh, may they know your heart as they walk um, in faithfulness to you and bring their children alongside them. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.